This is the Grantastic Podcast. All right, welcome to Grantastic Jamie Drake. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing okay. Surviving this storm in NorCal. Um, yeah, it's been crazy weather lately. Where Where are you located? Uh, San Francisco. Okay. So, like, I know we're supposed to do the podcast uh, on, or yesterday, I think it was, um, or two days ago, but uh, went to Tahoe, got stuck, got stuck in Tahoe with a sort uh, snowstorm and everything. I think, oh, thought I could get out. Nope, that was not the case. Had to shovel our way out, and then uh, we made it down here. But now we're just this giant storms hitting SF right now, so we're just wow. trying to survive. Oh wow, well, yeah, that reminds me. Uh, I went to Tahoe a few years ago with my mom nice. during the winter time too. So it was the first time I'd ever been there, and it was we had a really <laughs> we had a really funny situation where we lost uh, the key to my mom's car. Oh. Or either the car or the place we were staying. And we had to like circle around a few times. And then it ended up being right by her car. I think it had fallen out of my mitten or something. Oh, like that. man. Those, I've yeah. been there before, but those are the worst. You know, I was stressed. Yeah. It's cold. Will I get out of here? Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Are you guys used to having um, lots of snow in San Francisco? No. Not at all. Okay. It's like that's like a blue moon kind of situation. Every few, maybe hundred years, you see snow hitting the city just because we're so low, um, altitude wise, you know, sea level. So it's like you never see that. Um, but right now it's just so much rain, which we need, of course, in California, just because of the drought and everything. Yeah, I know it well. You know, having lived in uh, Los Angeles for twenty-two years. Yeah, you already <laughs> so. know that. You already. <laughs> You know, yeah. No, so I mean, it's good to see that we're like getting rain, but just not so much of this rain, just because I don't think the city was ready. I don't think anyone in Northern California was ready, and like, there's just been kind of like floods, and like, there's been some videos of people just getting their paddle boards out and just paddle boarding in right down in Union and SF, and it's just the weirdest thing I've been seeing, and I'm just like, good wow. for them, but like, what the heck? That is crazy. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but you know, it's it's it is what it is. But uh, how? I mean, right now, currently, you're in Nashville, right now. I yeah, mean. I'm in Nashville. Um, I'm actually house sitting for some friends, and um, I came here after the the holidays, and before that, I was touring for about four months, and so um, I came here with the intentions of possibly moving here like checking it out and seeing if I wanted to relocate here because uh, I've basically been nomadic for the last three years. <laughs> Sounds pretty insane, but um, <laughs> somehow right before the pandemic happened, um, my life kind of, I don't know, it was almost like I'd been take, I, I was taken out of the city and um, moved to to Ojai for the first nine months of the pandemic. And it was, I was so grateful for that because um, I was already instinctively wanting to get out of my apartment in Silver Lake. And um, I definitely feel like 
I was being taken care of by some, some someone, someone higher yeah. in the universe. They were like, you're going to not do well stuck in an apartment without a yard and nature and stuff. So um, that's a whole that's a whole conversation, I suppose. Oh, we're here. It's the Grandtastic podcast. It's spiritual, too. So that's great to hear. And I think something about nature, like there's something about getting away from the city. It's so... It just like it heals the mind, you know, it heals the mind, the body and just lets you like reset just because city living with the whole hustling culture and everything, it, it can kind of like break you down. It can break you down and um, kind of destroy your soul. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you know? It really can. And that's like it's funny that you said Nashville because I've been thinking about that, like moving out to Nashville and everything just because. San Francisco isn't really known for, I mean, yeah, there's music, but it's not like the big, like LA, Nashville, New York, Orlando. Um, it's definitely a little bit uh, unique of its own culture, but um, something, yeah. something about like Nashville, I've never been there, but something like the music there, it's always just, it makes you like, I guess, enthusiastic just to get out there and like work and collab and everything. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I got here um, with those intentions and it's kind of, I've, I've realized in the last couple of weeks um, since since landing here that uh, I think that Nashville, at least at this point in my life, because I almost moved here like 13 years ago as well, mm -hmm. um, because <clears throat> it's, for me, it's always felt like it, it makes sense for me on paper. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I didn't want to be in LA. I, I've known that for at least the last five years. Um, but it's so hard to make a big move like that. And I moved to LA when I was 21. So I've spent my whole adult life there and I built, built my career there and everything. And so there's a lot of <laughs> uh, anxiety going into like a big move like that. Um, but once I got here, I kind of realized like, I think Nashville is this place for me where in my, it's like in my mind, it makes sense on paper that I should be here. But um, there've been other things that have been going on in my life the last <clears throat> year, especially where it's, um, I, I, it kind of just confirmed me for me that um, where I need to go is back to France, which is where my boyfriend is. And sure. the last place that I um, felt at home was in his, his chalet. And, um, and that's, I don't know if I'll just be there. I don't know what's going to happen. I've been nomadic for the last few years. And so I don't know if that means I'm going to go there and live in France and then come to the U S to tour and go back to France and live and then figure out touring in Europe. Definitely. That's actually my goal. But uh, or it might, it might be, you know, I come back, I find, I find a place here somewhere in the U S that feels like home to me, um, and have a place here. But right now it just, it kind of doesn't make sense. You know, like mm -hmm. it's like, it's a good, you know, you'll know where it feels right and everything where you connect, I think with the community, you know, and like get to know everyone and just. Like, it's just a gut feeling. That's the only way I can describe it. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, I put out 
my new record, New Girl, in, in June, and then since then have been touring that album and, and also finally getting to tour my last record because that was released right before the pandemic. So I didn't get to tour that one either. So I feel really happy that I, I was on the road and got to have that experience. But I drove all over the US. I mean, I drove from LA to New York. I, I did like one, two, three, four. I did like four drives. I've literally driven everywhere in the US, just about, except for the South and stuff in Texas. But um, there's nowhere in the US that I feel that that feeling, you know? And I just, I thought I was gonna feel it here, but that was just me being mental, well, you know? What is it like, I guess, um, just comparing the two cities, Nashville and Los Angeles in the music community, what have you noticed, like pros and cons? Well, see, I haven't really been in Nashville long enough to experience the music community. I do have a lot of friends here that are musicians. And so I can only um, go off of what they say. And they, they, they say that it, it's a lot, there's a lot more community. It's more, it's more of a community here where people really um, support each other. Um, and there's still like the competitive, underlying competitive thing, I'm sure, of course. But I don't know if it just has to do with like people being being in a city where it's, it's, it's still a big city, but it's not like Los Angeles where there's this, in LA, there's this underlying, um, at least with the experience that, that I've had in the last like 14 years is just, um, there's just a lot of, a lot of competitiveness, a lot of, um, I guess, a lot of people are just very self-centered yeah, because everyone goes there to become famous or successful in some way. And even if half the people you run into in the community are from a different state, because most people aren't from there, you know, I do actually know a lot of people from LA and those are the most grounded people actually that are natives. Um, I would say a lot of the transplants are the ones that come and, for some reason, there's like this, almost like the spirit that takes over. And um, it doesn't help that everything is so far away and you have to drive everywhere. It's not walkable. Um, like I lived in Silver Lake and one of my closer friends lived in Santa Monica. And I hardly ever saw her because it's like, oh, you live 35 minutes away. That's a long way. Traffic <laughs> everything because like, my mom's from like Long Beach and everything. So visiting down there and seeing the cousins and then meeting some friends and fr of, of friends, it's like, just like you got to plan ahead. Your whole day's just sitting in traffic and everything. And just, yeah, I just, LA, not, not hating, you know, it has its thing and everything, but just, I love like at least NorCal, San Francisco, everything's close. You know, you can walk to it, maybe it's 30, 40 minute walk, you know, from like the Marina district to like, um, Chinatown or something. It's not that far of a walk. And, um, and like the biggest thing you're saying, like um, everyone like wants to help each other. I feel like in LA, it's just like you're focusing on you. And I went to a few parties and people were like, just straight up, like check my music out or check my like acting. And I was like, I don't even know your name yet. And you just kind of threw yeah. it. I was just, you know, I'm here to like, like let it happen naturally, the, the community, the friendship and let it flourish on its own versus just 
showing me your projects. Right. And a lot of what I experienced in Los Angeles was <clears throat> if I had, if I was more successful, if I had something happening, all of the little acquaintances that I had maybe met in the past who were, we had a great connection, but they were just too busy doing their own thing because it's like, it's, it's like once you have like a, a little bit of a spark happening in your, in your career or something, or you post something on Instagram and you're like, I did this commercial or blah, blah, blah. It's like, everyone's like, it's almost like they gravitate towards you again. And you get all these text messages or like, Oh my God, I need to hang out. I'm like, it's just like, oh my God, fuck you. Yeah, no, oh, whoops. No, no, this is, this is okay. You can swear here. This is a, <laughs> we, we put it all out, say. But yeah, it's just, I think it's like, just like fake friends or whatever. It's just like. Yeah, there's a lot, there is a lot of fake energy there and it's not everyone. I mean, I will say it took me about 10 years to, to finally meet some real friends that actually cared about me and by that point, I was already ready to leave. And, and I had sort of um, developed this hard, hard, hard shell, sort of like, that can't be real. You know what I mean? Like, they can't really be interested in me as a person. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I do take responsibility for my part of it too, because I think that when I started my career, I was 29. I wasn't like, I wasn't like a, a kid starting out. And so I had this sense of, I had just gotten divorced and I had this sense of, I have this new life that I wanted to create as soon as possible. And so I was like, so focused on myself. Right. So, um, there was this sense of, I need to do this as quickly as possible because I just lost like 20 in my whole twenties you yeah. know? And so, um, I'm sure a lot of the people that I attracted were similar to myself. Cause that's kind of what ends up happening. Right. But I can't take all the blame there because I really did try to make, um, authentic friendships in those earlier days. And I remember at one point realizing like, Oh, I thought this person was my friend because we both play music and we're it's exciting and all of this stuff. And then you just kind of realize at some point, like, oh, we're just business friends. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I remember feeling like kind of heartbroken over that at first. And then it's kind of sad, you know, you sort of just get used to that after a while. Um, but, it, but then over time, it just creates a quality of life that is lonely and unsustainable you know um so i love la because because that's just where i happened to be when um i started my career and um i'm grateful for that chapter of my life but it's definitely over oh yeah definitely. <laughs> everything you're saying like i vibe and for the people who will listen for sure be just because there's a song i was listening to actually weirdly enough it just came up on the spotify algorithm uh mark benno i think his name is uh anyways he's like from the 60s from austin he has a song about the like the lyrics about like when you look into someone's eyes you know they're your true friend like you just 
you just it just clicks versus the people who you look into their eyes you don't see the soul or their love it's something that's like i'm butchering the, the lyrics but something like spiritual and i was just resonating to that and hearing this i was just like yeah you just know where it's like you see it and it's like this person and i are just gonna be close we're just gonna understand each other and we have each other versus there's some people i see like you meet people at functions or whatever and you're just like we have nothing here but that's okay we, we you live and learn so right and you know a thing that's the thing that really bothered me there is that I kept thinking that if I was just genuine, that the people that I had those genuine moments with would be intuitive enough to pick up on that and also want to connect, whether whether one of us was more ahead in their career or not, whether one of us, you know, whether they were famous or not famous or whether I was like famous in their eyes or whatever. But it really, I have to say most of people just, disappointing <laughs> yeah, no i uh, definitely i think it's uh when fame comes into it people like forget like we're all human at the end of the day we're all we're all living uh things or i don't know what you, i guess we're just i don't want to say creatures i don't know what the right word i'm looking for here but just we're living and we shouldn't like you know if one person maybe did something amazing but that you shouldn't let that ego take over you you know um it's just like mm -hmm. just, ego is the biggest i think Thing that holds us back from being our true selves and just i don't know listening to like definitely and i think you know ego i feel like this is what i feel about it um is that the ego <clears throat> the ego comes up because people still have a lot of they still have a lot to resolve in their past yeah and if you don't resolve, if you don't resolve your past, if you don't accept everything bad and everything good that's happened to you, and you don't resolve it, then you're you're going your ego is going to constantly be like a driver in your life. And I think it's really hard to, um, unless you can be self aware enough about, um, oh that was my ego talking or whatever, um, you're going to be like living unconsciously. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? For real, and it's. It's hard, like I was having this discussion with like a, a close friend a while back about just like, how do you tell someone who you care that they have this ego issue and you try, you want to tell them like, but not to hurt their feelings, you know, you're just like, listen, you need to like chill about how you, you know, you meet all these people and you just kind of just talk about yourself instead of talking about what's about their lives, you know, like, how do you tell someone who you love that you have an ego issue or you're being a narcissist? It's like, I don't know. I mean, you, you care, but you don't want to come off so like a dick or anything. And it's like, uh, it's like a balance. And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, I guess it just depends on, I think, uh, I think in America, it's, it's really hard to tell people the truth. Yeah. Because um, in Europe, it's not a problem. <laughs> you know, my boyfriend is the most direct person I've ever met, met in my entire life. And, you know, he's French. So um, a lot of our communication problems in the beginning had to do with because, like, I'd be getting my feelings hurt or I'd be offended or my ego would be offended because he would just, he knows how to poke exactly where he needs to poke. And that's that's what a lot of French people do is they, they poke you exactly where they can see. We were, okay, we're back. Sorry about that, folks. Um, I think we were talking about, like, 
we were on the spiritual journey, which I just want to say love so much. Love having these conversations with like like-minded folks, just because we need more of it. Um, yeah, I, I think we I think we were talking about France. That's where we kind of were left off about like how they just give it to you straight, which I think we need sometimes in our lives, just because I think sometimes Americans like like you said, I which I love the visual thing, just like they cover their eyes and they just don't want to hear with, hear about it or deal with it. It's like they can't like I'm not saying every American's like this, but like criticism. I think it's like constructive criticism. I think it's so important to have because it helps you grow. We need it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wonder if America, I wonder if America is uh, different than Europe in this respect, because we were founded with this like Puritan culture. Yeah. And I think maybe it's something that's seeped into our culture, just mm. like things that we, that should not be talked about or, yeah, you know, definitely. I think because people ahead. there talk very openly about sex and like, you know, what the relationships are like and no. things that they do. And, you know what I mean? No, it's a, it's a real thing because like, I don't know, like, uh, my mom's a hippie. And my dad is not so much of a hippie. I mean, he, he, he like listens to music and stuff, but my mom is like full on, like, you know, just tells me everything, what it is. Like, you know, was the first one who showed me how you really roll a joint. This is how you really smell like the whole deal, which I like love her to death still today. Um, yeah. And then I talked to some other people's folks and everything and, I'm, and they're just looking at me like, what the fuck? Like we don't, you don't talk. And it's like, like well, there's nothing weird about it. It's just, we're just human, you know. Yeah, it's, it is weird. <clears throat> and then you just get this idea because of the programming that you've been raised in that this is the right way to be, or this is yeah, this is right or wrong, you know. Definitely, it's interesting, especially um, definitely folks who've raised like I don't know back east, at least some of my cousins and everything. Like they're very like you know, believe in the nine to five job, get the pension, the, you know, formal, like, like wear a suit and tie, go to church. Like, and I'm like, you know, I was more raised like, yeah, Catholic, but I'm more like, I wouldn't say Catholic anymore, more spiritual. Like I go to like, to the Hare Krishna temple and stuff. And like, I, like, I believe in just like karma and like you live your life now and everything. And then you go back into your consciousness at the end and everything. And it's when I have these conversations with them, they just look at me like, I've been brainwashed and then they give me a weird look like, I don't know, I need like, like the electric chair, or whatever, like, you know, to fix your brain or whatever. And I'm like, bro, you guys need to chill. This is, this is just who I am. You got to appreciate every walk of life for what they give you. And you take it. If you like it, great. If you don't, that's fine. Let them do their own thing. Yeah. I was, I mean, like I was raised in, uh, like the evangelical, Christian culture, you know, um, and I, I don't know. It's interesting. There's so many programs that yeah. we're a part of. Yeah. They're all, at the end of the day, that it seems like they're just programs of control, you know, so yeah. we'll, we'll remain as, as unconscious as possible because whoever started the, these programs, you know, I think we're actually afraid of how powerful humanity really is if you actually go inside of yourself and yeah. resolve things, you know? Definitely. Um, but I think people are 
Um, I mean, we're taught certain things as children about what life is and what, who we are and what's right and wrong and everything. So when you're a child, you're like a little sponge and you just believe whatever you're told, Mm. you know? So that's the biggest thing. And then like, um, you believe in whatever your folks say instead of going out in the world and learn for yourself. You know, I think it's easy to just like agree with your folks have to say, or like their beliefs and whatever. And it's, it's not, which, you know, do what you will with that. But I think it's good for you to go out into the world and experience life for yourself and you make up your own decisions. You have a brain, you have a conscious, use it, you know, don't let, don't let people just spoon, uh, spoon feed you like information. I think that's all about how life is. You got to grow and learn. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, um, oh gosh, I think I just lost my thought. Something about how, I think it, I find it so interesting when people are, when they have their beliefs challenged, mm-hmm. that they get so offended. Yeah. You know, it's like, even if you want to have a, an intellectual conversation about it not necessarily a debate just you're curious like okay tell me more about about that they get defensive because it's something that's become so part of their identity that they can't not be that definitely because if they let go of it they're terrified of who they are they don't know who they are Mm -hmm. fact you just like again you just nailed the points which i just love you're like yes 100 (laughs) percent. go off queen like yeah it's it's true it's so true and I think we need to change that. I think people need to like, just don't get so, like you said, offended or just feel like they're being targeted. We just, we're just, like you said, you just want to understand like the greatest gift in life is knowledge. And you're just trying to understand someone's point of view and their knowledge to see if it makes sense or not, or align up with your knowledge. And, you know, you don't need to start yelling or cursing or, you know, be aggressive. You just, just talk it out, relax, take a deep breath. It's going to be fine. Yeah, but I think, you know, there is something to, to the fact that I can, there's certain people in my life where I can't have those conversations and I don't push it because I already know that they're not ready. And that's not to say that I'm better than them. It's just to say that we all have our own journey. Yeah. And at one point in my life, um, like when I finally, when, it took me like 20 years to, um, to pick through my upbringing, you know, like the conditioning that I had being raised in the church, um, because there was so much good attached to it as well. And there was so much, um, that I felt had shaped it, it shaped me as a person. So I was like, if I don't have this, I don't know who I am. Um, and so I do think for, for me, it's like, I think that people hold on to those things because it's so attached to their identity and and they're not really ready to, to grow and to evolve and to what they're, who they can become more of, you know, Mm -hmm. I guess that's maybe what life is all about. It's like, you know, you live this, this story here, this chapter in this life here, and then, you know, you die and you become, a, a different version of that somewhere else, I guess. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but I do think that I, I feel that I've had many, many, many lives and different experiences, it's different genders, different yeah. kinds of beings, you know, it's like it, the, all of that is possible. <laughs> yeah, the reincarnation is a real thing, you know, like it's an interesting um, 
an appreciative, interesting thought of like how, you know, I don't know if it comes from the Buddha or the Hinduism, which one it like, I think maybe they both believe in it, but like the idea that you like learn from your past selves and you try to be a better person from each life, you know, you learn, then you die and then you keep learning until you like the idea of Hinduism, until you hit Brahma where you're just like, you're good. And then you're with the God Brahma. Um, so it's, yeah, I don't really know anything about um, either of those like religions. I, I suppose it's, I think for me, it's just sort of like an instinctual yeah. knowing that I've kind of mm -hmm. come to over the years. But I do, I do, I have found myself definitely like, I don't identify myself as anything because I think that once you identify yourself as something that you're limiting possibilities. And um, so I don't really like, I used to identify as a Christian, but now I'm just like, I'm Jamie. <laughs> yeah, that's should be. yeah, definitely. Do you feel that some of your music is spiritual? Like maybe it doesn't have like, like, like Indian music or something like that, but like the words you write, you feel a connection to them deeply. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, I would say like, the last record I put out, Everything's Fine, that a lot of those songs I wrote while I was going through my deconstruction of my faith. And um, like, Oh Well, Oh Well, I wrote that song about the death of my relationship with God at the time, you know, my idea of who God was. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, In Wonder, I wrote that song. That was kind of like I was channeling when I... I was channeling this idea um, and I didn't even know what it was about until later. And, and recently I've realized like, that's what I, that's what I do when I'm writing songs. I'm like channeling my future self because two or three years from the moment I write a song, I'll realize I'll have a moment where I'm listening to it or I'm singing it. And I have this epiphany. I'm like, Oh my God, I wrote that song three years ago for myself now. And it's like this crazy yeah. kind of experience. And I, I feel like really, I feel really grateful to like be conscious enough to like mm -hmm. be able to identify that. Cause it's a really cool, it's like a, it's like having a communion with my, with myself in a weird way. It sounds kind of strange to say, but it's like I'm a part of the universe and yeah. the universe poured this into me and I don't understand it, but the me here on earth in this body gets to experience part of this like experience of the future in a song. <laughs> but yeah, wonder was like, I kind of like thought, um, and also too, like as I change, sometimes the songs take on different meanings for me too. And I guess it's the beauty of the song. It's like, once I put it out there, um, it's going to have a message for everyone wherever they're at. Mm -hmm. Because when you listen to music, you, I think your, your soul maybe picks up on things that you're already going through in your life. And the songs that you're really connected to, you, you're like, oh, this is what this song mean, this means because that's, where I'm at right now in my life, but it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I think I think what everything you're saying is it's not weird. I think it's just beautiful in its own shape and form. And um, 
it's crazy how you just said like you know you write in three years you just like you, you connect and it's like how did this happen it's like you're like you're like kind of like planting the seeds ahead of time in a way with the universe is granting you yeah it's almost like i'm preparing myself to understand a moment in my life in the future yeah you're learning your lesson yeah yeah like i wrote it's a wonderful life in 2017 i was at echo, i was at echo park lake laying on a picnic blanket picnic blanket um and i got the song in my head and i started writing it um and the first line is uh laying on the grass just staring at the sun and i was in the grass staring at the sun and i had this melody come to me and like so i was just like writing in the present moment um but I wasn't writing specifically about what was going on in my life at the time. I thought I was writing it for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then um, a few years later, after my record came out, that song is at the end of my record. Um, I was listening to the album after it had been mastered just to like listen to it. And I was listening to it on my kitchen floor. It was a little high. <laughs> and I listened to the whole album. And that song, well, while I listened to that song, I just started weeping because while that time in my life, me on my kitchen floor, I was like in this place in my life where I, I knew I was done with LA. I was in my apartment for like a month, but other than that, I had been airbnb it out like for the last three years, basically. So every time I go back there, it's like, cute to be there for a little bit but because it also because it feels like a little Jeannie Drake museum from her in her 30s when she was like trying so hard to like do music and it's really sweet but then you know I felt like I was kind of stuck in that place and I was like I don't know where I'm going next um you know so a lot of the lyrics in that song are about being afraid of of what's coming next because you don't know what it is and um, and at the end of it all, though, there's like this hopeful message. It's like, even though this is how I'm feeling, it's still a wonderful life. And, um, and so like that whole, it was like, it was like I was encouraging myself and then, and just having that experience of, you know, having my mind completely blown by the fact that I'd written that like three or four years beforehand, I was like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> I think that's when I realized, like, when I'm writing songs, I'm like, it's like my future self is like leading me mm. for a moment in, for yeah. a moment in, in my future when I'm going to like have this moment. And it's just a beautiful moment that I get to have with myself. Like, it's not like I'm on a stage, I'm not on Hollywood Bowl, you know, like, I'm just like, this is for me. And that's like, the fact that I get to be somebody here that experiences that, that's a gift. It's crazy. Definitely. I think, I think that's so, you know, amazing to hear and curious if like, cause when he said all that, I think about 
it's an interview of like Paul McCartney talks about like how he wrote, you know, let it be. And it came through a dream and everything. And with through his mom, it's okay. And it's like hearing everything you're saying, I mean, not dream, but you know, the idea of like planning ahead, it's like our consciousness, that's the moral of the picture here story. It's like yeah. how we deeply connect to it. And it's like planning everything out or trying to talk to us. Like there's another person here. It's just not us in this one body. There's another thing living there and it's trying to guide us when like times of trouble or something and it's it's just fascinating. yeah yeah it's like the i think it's like i like i like to call it my future self or you know like i guess it's like it's my higher self mm. and i um i think in the last like i don't think i know in the last few years as i've been really working on clearing out a lot of the past um like old wounds and hurts and like just resolving things within that i've been able to live my life a lot more in the present instead of living in the past because as human beings we spend so much of our thought life in the past mm -hmm. um and, and regrets and things like that or being angry or you know, or hurt over different things. It's like, I think once we resolve those things, we can actually, I came into this experience where I was like, oh my God, I can just live in the present all the time. And then I was like, I wonder how to unlock being able to live in the future. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I do think that that is, that's possible. And I have moments where that's happening. And I think that for me, when I write a song like that, I'm living in the future. That's mm. something that's happening. Maybe. I don't know. No, yeah. I think I think you made a, a made a great statement there. It's just like, you know, once you like I feel like heal your past and once you like everything I shouldn't say fine, but once you like come to terms with it and resolved, then when you can focus, you know, after you finish one step, you're living in the present, you're living in the moment, you you can appreciate what's around you, your walk of life. And then that's something like you're saying gives you the glimpse of getting to the future and then experience a little taste of it or helps you write about it and then somehow boom you already did this song like i wish i had a song about something it's like wait i do it's right here or it's a release and it's like holy shit what the heck so <laughs> yeah it's cool but would you say like so we're talking about everything's fine but then new girl it, it would be more like the past though because you're talking in a few songs you know talking about you know, bouncing different locations, you know, school, your family, mm -hmm. like what, what was, I guess, the thought process writing those songs as we were just talking about present. Yeah. Know? So when I wrote the song, new girl, um, I had this kind of like fun, melodic, uh, fun melody that felt to me kind of like a bossa nova kind of, I was literally yeah. going to say, yeah, I have it in my notes. You sounded like Astrid uh, Guberto for sure. Like when I heard. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe she helped me write it. Yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah. <laughs> anything's possible. Um, but uh, uh, I had this fun melody in my mind in, in, that was coming out. And I was having all of these memories flash through my mind um that memories i remember consciously from my childhood and all of them had to do with 
me as a kid at different ages in different places and feelings that I was having um, in those moments. And, um, and then the chorus, and then part of those, part of that moving was that I always had to go to a new school. Like I went to nine different elementary schools before the fifth grade. Mm. So a lot of my, a lot of that stuff that was needing to be resolved when I was writing the song, writing the song was helping me kind of comb through it and, and resolve it a little bit just by singing about it. Um, a lot of those like old past and refuse that my inner child has was from experiencing like having to start school and being the new girl at school all the time and being totally afraid and wanting to hide in the back of class and afraid to raise my hand and afraid to speak because I was definitely a lot more um, of an introverted child. So I didn't want to have a spotlight on me. Um, and, um, but like, those were the feelings that I had as a kid oftentimes. And, um, but then singing about it in this fun kind of a way and singing um, this chorus that's, I'm always the new girl, God help the new girl. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm always the new girl, new girl. It's like, um, it's just kind of fun. But yeah. it's like you're singing about something that was uncomfortable um, in a really lighthearted way. So I felt like, I think, Musically, there was like a nice contrast. Um, and I think a lot of people can relate to having that experience. Um, I've actually had a lot of people write to me. I had this 70 or one, 71 year old woman write to me um, like on Instagram or something and say that she'd heard that song for the first time. And it brought her back to when she was a kid and she was growing up and she moved around a lot. Um, and that inside she still feels like that nine-year-old girl you know and so being able to relate to other people because of the experiences I've had it's like it's such a cool it's a cool thing to be able to do through music um did I answer your question no you did you, you I mean more questions pop from that like which is great um yeah I think a the song is like it's one of those types of songs that are just um the right word it's i don't know if it's it's uh you can play it over time you know what i mean it's a classic it's uh it just has a a vibe where oh. you know certain songs where it's like it hits um a century like this is 2000 this is 90s is a this is a song that you can play you played this back in the 60s or 70s it would fit in perfectly it has <laughs> sound where it's like yeah, when I first heard it, because again, shout out, I don't know how I found your music, but it just happened. We're here now, which I'm blessed and thankful for. And it was just like, oh my God, this is going straight to my Bossa Nova playlist and everything. And then I went to go listen to your album and everything. And I was like, it, you do, it's just not only Bossa Nova, you do folk, you do, you know, pop, you, you the string sections in some of your songs. I'm like, oh my God, like it, you do wow. it super great and but it's it's timeless that's the word i'm looking for your music is timeless it doesn't matter what era it is it can it can fit in with anywhere which i think is amazing of itself and um yeah thank you so much 
mean, yeah. that's definitely an intention that I have when I'm writing and um, recording my stuff. So I'm yeah. glad that it comes across that way. Definitely. And I think it's great that, you know, I don't feel like a lot of people, maybe they do, this younger generation doesn't know what I feel like with Bossa Nova is. So it's great just to hear that. Like when I heard those guitar style playing, I was like the two, four, all right, there we go. And it was, it's in the percussions. And I mean, did you, cause Bossa Nova is its own form of playing. I mean, I'm assuming, do you know a lot of different styles of guitar playing, would you say, or did that song take a second or was there another? No, no, I don't. It's like as a songwriter, I can kind of morph into different genres and stuff, but um, as a guitarist, I'm I'm a good folk guitar player, but um, for those different albums, I had different uh, producers and guitar players on them. Like for for this album, it was um, my dear friend and uh, uh, Austin Miles Brandt. Um, he played all the guitars, all the bass. He played most of the drums as well, except on for on Easy Target. Um, and we play together. Um, live whenever we're in the same area so i love playing with him he's an incredible guitarist and uh also an amazing solo artist as well sweet love it that's that's amazing i gotta have him on then and talk to him about his creativity yeah definitely do you say um let's say when you don't have other producers is it easy for you to like just kind of compose your own song or how how is your structure would you say when you like going into like you know writing or like composing a song is it is it the same is it different well are you asking about the writing like when i'm writing the song or when um it's getting like produced and you're adding the different elements that you hear in your mind i guess, I guess the second question okay yeah, so for <clears throat> for my last record, Everything's Fine, um, I made that with AJ Manette. And when we were starting out, um, see, I actually put out my first solo album in 2009, but no one can find it because I took it down, <laughs> which I regret now. It was an, it was an egoic choice, basically, um, before I put out the first single for everything's fine which was in 2018 i took that album down and it was called when i was yours so for everything's fine um when aj and i started working together we were just playing music together and he he wanted to you know produce have someone produce our album and i was like it's super expensive because the experience i've had with my first record is that i got divorced and i ended up spending like 17 grand on a record when I could have probably spent a lot, lot less. Um, I had no idea. I was such a noob and, you know, someone kind of took advantage of me. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then his response was like, we're going to do this ourselves. And I was like, okay. And he's like one of the most, he's one of, he's, he, I rarely say this about anybody, but I really do feel like he's kind of like a, like, kind of like a genius. You know, when it comes to like figuring things out, he basically taught himself how to um, engineer, mix, and, you know, produce everything like by watching YouTube videos. And this is the kind of person who would like, um, like he's a classical guitarist too. So 
he'll like practice for five hours a day. So, you know, together we, together because we're so different. Like I like, I used to like to say that like, he's like Michelangelo, like chipping away at something like very precisely, you know? And I'm like Jackson Pollock. I'm like, let's take this and throw it at the wall and see what happens. You know what I mean? So I love that. (laughs) Our two styles together ended up making, creating a really nice balance because sometimes it's what he wanted to do was way too perfect. And, and, um, and I was like, no, we need to fuck it up a little bit, you know? Um, so everything's fine was the result of many years of him, him and I working together and developing our own production style. Um, and, and if you're curious, you can hear our first album that we produced together and it's under the name Nobel and it's a picture of him and I, we made an EP in like 2014, um, after developing the sound together. And when I say developing a sound together, I mean like he's definitely more of a technical guy, but he's also very like a musical person. Like he write, wrote all the string parts and played all of the instruments and things, but they were definitely pr- production type elements that I would come up with where I'd be like, I hear like, I hear like this melody playing, being played with this kind of in- like of an instrument, you know? And so when I was first starting out with him, I was very much part of the production of it and what I exactly what I wanted it to sound like. And I was a little bit of a control freak because I wanted it to be the opposite of experience as to what I'd had, you know, in 2009, where I was like this kid coming in with, you know, a bag of money and, you know, this producer and he did everything and I didn't like it, you know, so... Um, so to balance that, that out, that's what happened when I was aging. So for New Girl, I had a different experience because everything was, um, first of all, everything's fine, took us four years to make. And part of the reason is because I was a part of like a lot of different projects at that time. But when I made New Girl, it was just me and Austin and my producer, Rich Jacks, in a house in the Santa Monica mountains recording in this house for two weeks. Cool. And it was a very organic experience. Um, and it was the kind of experience I wanted to have because I wanted the record to sound like it was made in like, you know, the early seventies or something. Yeah. And ever all of the tracks I are like, I only did like a few takes on every track and cause my producer wouldn't let me, <laughs> do more than that like well he would let me sing until we got the right tape basically but um i wanted to do single takes i didn't want to do a bunch of chop chopping and copy pasting and stuff so so these two albums are like very different like um everything's fine is a lot more cerebral even though it's like lush and gorgeous like it's it's very much like me and aj manette and then this new girl album is like more of like leaves my heart open and it's like more, more, more organic and, you know, totally different processes. Yeah. I, well, I like both of them. I just want to point out because like, I think the biggest thing it's natural, you know what I mean? It's, it doesn't feel forced when I listen to your music. Cause there's some music I feel like with some artists, they try to just be relevant, you know, 
and just trying to get the listens or likes or whatever you want to call it nowadays or just on the playlist versus you're you're not focusing on that you're focusing on you and what your heart and mind wants to preach and uh yeah thanks yeah well, just speaking from the heart and just what i'm yeah. observing here um which is what we need more of you know like because the, the music i love is that timeless music you know you can talk from you know uh tom jobeam from bossa nova to um i don't know bruce springsteen or um bill evans for jazz or um yeah. the dead kennedys or the brian jones massacre or you know just uh, all these different peoples or janice joplin i could go on with different fucking people here all day but i'm just you yeah, get when i hear their music it feels like they're speaking from the heart or whatever the soul or what's going on in their life in that time and that's a timeless music because it's like it could be so relevant to whatever wherever you are in 2040 2020 whatever and your music's the same going back to what i was saying like you can listen to that song and like take the you said 71 year old woman still feels like a nine-year-old that was the thing like there was this interview from george harrison and ravi shankar where it's like we might be old and this is when they were old like in their 80s but like our spirits will always be kids will always will be that you know 20 year old and he was like i think robbie's a little bit older like the 30 year old will always will be that inside of us and it's like it's so true it doesn't matter we're just old outside but the inside will always be young mm -hmm. it's true definitely yeah it's you know you can't lose that either because uh you die inside <laughs> yeah yeah well that's why you guys stay pure and just in and it's hard with like social media and like people trying to follow trends and stuff it's it's important to be true to yourself and i think definitely with music it's it's like a way to escape it's a way you know you don't have to worry about society i don't know about you when you create music you feel like it's a place where you don't feel judged or whatever you can just be jamie drake mm -hmm. yeah yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting day and age to be making music and in wanting to stay true to yourself and, and also, you know, like part of you hoping that you can be relevant to like, yeah. you know, like if it, you know, it's my job, like <laughs> my uh, paying my rent and all that stuff depends on having that relevance or, um, all of that and and for the most part throughout my career my steam has just been from the joy of creating it and the joy of getting to just live my life because when I started out I when I started out it was like I felt like I had a second chance at life because the choice I had made in my youth to get married to the wrong person it took up so much of my time and, and and then I was like so happy like I literally felt like I was being dug, dug out of a grave and getting another chance to live and so to actually get to experience that in my life over these last like 14 years or so it's like I'm so grateful for it and um and I'll always I will always be a songwriter and musician but I think Right now I'm kind of in this, like, I, I sort of feel like I'm in this like, in, like limbo where I'm going through some kind of evolution of myself. And I don't really know what that means. I'm excited about it. 
Um, but uh, it might mean that I, maybe I take a little break and just like enjoy life. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you mentioned you know? a point about like, it's your job. It's, it's, or I, I like the word career because I feel like jobs, like you're working for the man and I'm not. Yeah, right. I'm not here for that. Man. <laughs> uh, um, but it, yeah, I realize, you know, do you do music because you love it, but also you have to bring in people who are interested in what you're doing. It's a balance. Like I realized life in general, I think it was Ram Dass who said, it, it's like life is a balance. You have to, you can't have too much of one thing or it'd be too saturated and then it'd be too much. You got to like balance it out with pros and cons. And, um, I think it's, 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 you do, it looks easy, but I know it isn't, you know, just as seeing the curtain, like the music you make, um, I enjoy it. And you, I hope, enjoy what you do with the songs and everything, but also you got to make sure, will someone connect to it as well? You know, I realize mm -hmm. it's hard to connect to that. Yeah, I think, you know, having been on tour for most of, the second half of the year. Um, it's funny because in my, my career, I have spent a lot of time in the studio and like in that creation process and in the writing process. And um, I didn't spend as much time touring because I wanted to figure out who I was as an artist first. And that took me a really long time, <laughs> you know? Um, I was a part of three different bands and, and a solo artist and had different recording projects. All of it was like me, you know, kind of like being a scientist and like working in, in, in there, like trying to figure out like, okay, what's, who am I? Because I think that was important for me because uh, as a songwriter, I can write like a lot of different kinds of songs and I didn't want to be pigeonholed necessarily as one specific style. But then, you know, by the time um, I figured out who I was, it was sort of like all these great things were happening. And then it was like, okay, we got a tour. And um, don't get me wrong. I really do like, I really like touring. Um, like, and this is on like, as opposed to love. <laughs> um, it's, I think the logistics as you're getting older are just, it's, you know, I'm not in, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I'm not in my twenties or my thirties. Um, I'm, you know, I spent four months like on the road with my little dog, Moxie. Hey, come here. Moxie, come here. Come here. Come say hi. Okay. I need to get her. Yeah. We're here for it. We're here for it. Amazing. Oh my God. Adorable. Oh, here's my girl. What kind of dog is Moxie? She is a, a multi poo. Love <laughs> it. Adorable. How old? She's 10. Oh my God. Still cute. Like a puppy. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, so I toured with my dog. That's awesome. In my convent element for four months. And I made that shit work. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and meanwhile, I'm not living in my apartment in Los Angeles. Someone else is renting it. And, and I don't know where I want to live. 
<laughs> so being a touring musician is actually perfect for me because I'm traveling around anyway, right? Yeah. Staying with different friends and family, staying in hotels and all that stuff. But it's like super adventurous. And I'm I'm super adventurous. But I, I think I've just reached this kind of point in my life where I'm like, I just wanna I just wanna live comfortably for a little bit. You know what I mean? And the touring thing, um, actually, a lot of people have terrible touring experiences. My experiences have been great. Um, even when I've had shows canceled, I was able to pull together like this kick-ass house concert in like in Pittsburgh, you know, like, and I was able to like meet, meet fans who'd been fans for, of me for years. Like I was totally, um, I was just like surprised, you know, like I had my show in Philadelphia and in New York. I had people waiting in line afterwards to talk to me for like 40 minutes and just finding vinyl and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this feels great. Like I finally get to do this. You know what I mean? Um, but it is like, oof, lots of driving, lots of driving, lots of, um, and I've actually slept great too. Um, but there's just a lot of different experiences I've had now where I'm just like looking into my future and thinking if this is the quality of the tours that I'm getting, like if this is the met, like it kind of feels like, okay, universe, I've put out, I've opened my heart completely and I've, I've given everything, all of myself mm -hmm. to this life that I've chosen. I've written these songs and it's, and I've, and I've been true to myself. And at some point, like, I did think that there would be a return for my work. You yeah. know what I mean? Not like, not like, oh, poor me. Why am I not like Brandy Carlisle or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not even that level. I'm just saying, like, could you give me? a little bit of a bigger break here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, you know, it's just sort of like, it's like, it's just sort of a thought that entered my mind. I was like, wow, I've really given my whole heart to this experience in my life. And I'm so grateful for it. And I'm so grateful for being true to myself. But there's also the other side of like, is this, if this is how, is this is the quality of the tours and everything, like, given my age and um i'm a durable person and very adventurous but what do i want <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. you know what i mean it's like if this is my life for the next 20 years it, it's not gonna work <laughs> you well, know what i mean like just going even going back to what you were saying like when we were first talking is that maybe America isn't the place, you know, maybe once you go to France and once you do the Europe tour, you get that reward. Like the universe is like, Jamie, it's here. You just got to take a flight and pop over to Europe <laughs> and you will have it all. And it's like, that's what it is. It's like, like keep doing what you're doing. You're just in the wrong location. You know, that's what it could be also. I appreciate that. I, I think that's a very like, I'll accept that. Um, Have you seen North America? Well, I mean, America, at least. I don't know if you went up to Canada or anything. Uh, no, I haven't gone up to Canada. 
actually not since 2016 or whatever, but, um, but yeah, you know, I like that. Thanks for planting that seed. (laughs) I mean, like, just don't give up because I think the biggest thing, which I've realized is you got to like keep pushing, even when it seems like you've done every avenue, just like, it's like pivoting. You just got to keep pivoting to find it. Cause like, if this is what your gut is telling you, I truly like, at least for me, like I believe in if the gut says this is it and it feels right, then you should do it. And you, you should just try to find a way maybe like, you know, you didn't feel Nashville. So you're going to go to France, which could be great. And you said you felt comfortable and it felt good there and the people and your boyfriend's there. And it's like, that, yeah. that feels good inside and it feels right. then by all means you should do that. And you shouldn't feel you should be stuck here in America. And I feel like a lot of people just kind of are like, they're like, Oh, well, you know, we tried. And it's like, no, you should keep going motherfucker. You should keep on pushing until you get what you want. <laughs> If you work hard and you truly believe in it, it will happen. It just, just, it takes time. You just gotta be patient, which I can understand can be hard with ADD and stuff. It's like, you just want it now. And you're like, oh my God. And yeah. <laughs> well, it's like any other careers that I was like, if I would have chosen to go to school and be a doctor at some point, I would have been able to expect a certain amount of return for my work, you know? And with the arts, you just, it's all, it's kind of all a gamble. And it's like, I did, I really did believe truly in my heart, like if I'm putting out excellent work, if I'm, if I'm doing everything I can in my power, and if I'm staying open to the universe, like blessing me or whatever, like some, things are going to incrementally get better. Um, and it's not like it hasn't, but it's just sort of feels like, you know, you're surmounting this mountain that's never ending. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I know that that's sort of, part of what life is but i guess at the end of the day though um i feel good i feel really good about everything my work what i've what i've done and i don't feel like i'm quitting i just i feel like uh i feel like i just accept whatever is next mm-hmm. and i feel like i'm in a really good place of just being proud of my work and being proud of where i am and how far i've come on my own steam and um and like and also totally accept, I accept whatever is next. Like I go to France and, um, and I don't make another record for another year or two. Like yeah. if that's what I'm supposed to do, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's next, but I, I, uh, I do definitely, it's in my heart to like tour Europe and, yeah. um, well, you should see everything just hearing as you're like adventurous, you have to see Europe, see Asia, you know, see it all, you know, um, New Zealand, like, I feel like there's so many places where like, you can learn and like get inspired. I feel like also you were talking about how you did different records in different locations. I feel like location matters when you get inspired, you know, in the old days, I don't know why I had to say it in that kind of sentence, but like, as some of my mentors <laughs> taught me, and they told me in their experience in life, when rock bands, or, you know, just, let's keep it as rock bands, like they would travel, go to a place, be there for a few months to write, you know, their record, like Led Zeppelin went to Scotland, and they were in a fucking castle. That's just so rad to hear that. Oh, idea. Okay. Or like, you see, if you ever saw the Queen movie, they were in a barn somewhere in the I don't know where in London and just like getting out of somewhere different. I feel like it's so important because like what you see and you feel and 
the fresh air or the grass, you feel the soil or whatever, it's like it can really create something in your brain where it's like, I want to write about this. Like maybe I want to write about a highland cow that's just like in the pasture eating or grazing, you know? Yeah, who knows? It becomes a hit song. Like what the heck? So I <laughs> well, think you know, I definitely, I have to say like when I go back to when I'm in France, like the thing that I feel there most is that I can just be. Mm. And so part of me, part of me is like, does that mean I'm never going to make another record? Because I feel totally great to just be. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing to ponder. <laughs> or maybe it's just, you're going to take some time and just see where this journey takes you for a bit. And it doesn't mean you're not like, you could still be like doing like songwriting on the side or whatever on your day or whatever it feels right. But you're just in the moment, just at, you know, at one, just being Jamie, just, you know, in France with bicycles and cigarettes and all the good stuff. And coffee. I know there's more stuff to it, but I'm just throwing what I've seen or heard. Uh, no, you're just with your boyfriend and just going on nice walks with the dog, you know, and just like appreciating life. And I think it's okay to take a few years off and just like come back when you're ready. You shouldn't be forced, you know, because people can tell. Yeah. And I, I think the thing that's definitely changed for me is my, I don't have this like momentum of like, I need to like make my stamp, you know, on my first album, my first I mean everything's fine there's a song called make a spark on it and it was the first song I wrote it was in 2015 and when I wrote that song I was like oh my god I need to make a new record um and there's a line in it where it's like um I'm I'm lying in the dark or I am crying in the dark I just want to make a spark how can I be a work of art if I'm a coward with my heart? And that was in 2015. Jamie in 2023, I made a spark. You know, like I, I, I finally made a spark. I really did. Like yeah. a lot of people know my music now and I've played for a lot of people and I've made a spark, you know? So if that, so up to now that I've like basically said yes to myself and I did the thing that my heart needed to do, now what? That's kind of where I'm at right now. It's like I have no idea. It might just uh maybe I just turn into consciousness and float up into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say, you know, if you got to that spark in your twenties or thirties, would you be in a different situation? Would you not want to go? <laughs> Or would it be the same feeling? I don't know. I, I've often thought about that, you know, because I actually got my first manager when I was living in New York City. I was 19 years old. I was playing, uh, I was playing my songs in the subway for like grocery money. And like, I was a worship leader at a church in the East Village. And this guy went to my church and he used to be like a, he was like a modeling, he worked, he was like a modeling manager or something. And he started managing me. And I have like, it's interesting to see like how our lives, like we have different, I feel like I'm 
I could see like what that path would have been like if I had like not been so afraid to just like trust that the world had this adventure, this musical adventure that I could have started when I was 19. And I, you know, instead I like hid my head in the sand and did what I thought I was supposed to do, which was get married really young to a like, Christian guy. And, you know, like, uh, I often think about that. Like, I wonder what um, that life would have been like because I would have gotten to experience being young and doing music as a kid and like probably would have been in some bands and toured a bunch when I was younger and made some terrible music and you know I don't know what would have happened like there's like uh there's like a movie I'm blanking on the name it's like where she like sees different like universes of her life whatever and just I'm blanking on the name of it wanna I think I've heard of that I don't I don't think I've seen it though it's a little weird they have like a reality where they have sausage fingers and everything don't know where it's it's a yeah it's quite interesting um but like the the majority of the story of like just like she sees the different lives like she has a daughter and they have beef but like seeing the daughter and how she turns out and stuff it's like whoa and you know hearing if you didn't you know get married and everything you did the music you know it's it's always that what if like why why are we in this why am i on this path and i feel like there is a reason why you know it might not make sense or it's hard but maybe at, hopefully you know at the end of it all like it made sense or like i'm glad it went this way or something well you know i know why and it's because even back then i didn't feel like i was ready I didn't feel like I knew who I was yet. And I really wanted to know who I was um, before I was exposed to the public, if you will. Um, and I, it's weird too, because like at the time I lived in New York, I was 19 and people like Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears were really popular back then. I just thought to myself, nobody wants to listen to some girl play folk music right now. It's like, um, it's, it's like not cool, <laughs> but I don't know. It'd, it'd be interesting. Cause it's like, I thought, I thought before like, Oh, maybe, maybe if I would have started younger, I would have had like this crazy career by now, or maybe I would have not been ready for it. And I would have given up. Yeah. Well, do you ever feel like you were like in the wrong century? Like you should have been born in the sixties and then you live. Yeah. You're in the seven, yeah, because you seem like an old soul, you know. That's the definitely, yeah, 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 definitely. My whole life I've felt that way, sure, yeah, definitely. Well, I'm just, well, you're in the right era, like now, like you know, with all the folk music and everything, and all these artists like BB Bridgers, uh, Maggie Rogers, like just hearing some of the music, which I love, and it's just like it fits well. I think, I think that was just like an era where electronic music people are like, oh my god, digital, this is crazy, man, and now it's like today, it's like. Yeah, we have digital and pro tools, but everyone still loves the tape, the reel to reels. They love the analog tubes and everything because there's something about that sound that, at least to me, where it's like you can't beat it. It's just with all the plugins and stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, Which, I'd love to record the tape one day. That would, that would be really cool. Yeah, definitely. Come to High Street Studios, man. We're always here. You know what I mean? Like, oh, is that. Yeah. That's, that's like where like I do my work and everything. So nice. Crosby, Steel, Nash, Young recorded Deja Vu there. You know. No way. Um, 
Janis Joplin, Grateful Dead, Dead Kennedys. Uh, oh, cool. Uh, so is that your, are you an engineer or something then? Yeah, or? like an apprentice right there for right now, you know, learning from an engineer, cool. which is super great. And um, yeah, every day, like the bass player for the Dead Kennedys, he has a band called East Bay Ray. He comes in all the time, hangs out in the back area, just smoking weed and just like have his cappuccino and they're always chilling and everything. And I'm like, this is, and they have so many lava lamps and just like, there's so much history there. And like the furniture is still the same. Like they still have the same walls. You can like see it. It's like the history, it's, it's crazy. And um, yeah, there's something you appreciate about it for sure. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I have a tour this spring and I'm sure I'll be coming through San Francisco. So I'll have to keep in touch with you. Yeah, Probably won't be there longer than the day of the show, but yeah, you know, yeah, come through, get it to see it all. Like, even record it's it's uh i think the crazy part about high street studios is that they have a lot of pictures of like film photos black and white and color on their walls and studio a is the main one is what it's known for and there's this one picture where you see jerry garcia um david crosby and i'm blanking on the on the bass player and like they're in studio a and they're playing and you see crosby with a like a, a joint in his mouth and they're just jamming and then you go into studio a and you see the exact area, like where they were standing, where everything was. Like they haven't changed. I mean, maybe they got some new carpet and stuff, but overall, it's the same aesthetics from what it was back then. And like the Neve uh, mixing board, um, which is cool. it's just and that's awesome. Yeah, computer tape machine, and they have a Fairchild and the original Poltex, and like it's like, a, it's like a candy shop for any audio engineer who goes in and just wants to, you know, have fun and record. Awesome. Yeah, but you're in Nashville too, so I'm assuming you have friends who own amazing studios, probably with like the gear and just reel to reels and all the analog stuff that you probably could go in. Yeah, it's funny though because I've been here over over like Christmas and New Year's, so everyone's gone. <laughs> okay, that can make it a little hard. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I could be anywhere right now. You know, I could just be in like a cabin in the woods. It's kind of the same experience as yeah. far as that's a good place to make music. You know what I mean? And get out <laughs> yeah. there. There's something I wanted to ask about your cover art. I really, I love it. And then also your, your, um, your short clips on like Spotify reels, you know, like I see you're using actual, like, a, I I think they're called super eights or something like the actual, like film cameras. Um, oh, it might just be an effect that was on it, but. Oh, so it's not a real. Okay. Okay. I thought it was like a real no. camera on your, uh, I'm blanking on which song it was, but well, so all of those clips are actually from my music videos for different songs. Okay. So cool. on my YouTube page, um, that was one. That was one special thing that I really, I'm so proud of um, that I got to like be a part of making. I I did like four music videos for this album. Um. And started making music videos with a friend of mine during the pandemic. So we made one, we made two for wonder. We made the first one, actually, I just posted on my um, YouTube page. He made it with, he filmed a one, one take on his iPhone of me walking down the beach and like singing the song. Yeah. Um, but enough, the second one we did was like one take of me doing a spontaneous dance to OLOL. And at the end of it, there's like this surprise, you can have to just watch it. But 
Sure. Um, but yeah, for this last record, um, the first video I made actually was this totally serendipitous experience. I flew to Lisbon in Portugal and um, <laughs> I went there on a total whim. It was four days after I finished recording my record. Um, I had been talking to this guy that was my first boyfriend when I was like a lot younger. We had like touched base again, had been talking a bunch over that year and he was going to Lisbon. And then I, I just had this fire in my gut. I was like, I'm going to come visit you in Lisbon because he lived in Hong Kong. And I was like, oh my God, it's like, maybe it's destiny. Yeah. So <laughs> I fly to Lisbon. Yeah. The first day I'm there, I meet my boyfriend, my now boyfriend. And like, so it's so crazy because like the whole reason I went there was so that I could have this meeting with Serge and um and then the four the, like during the time I was in Lisbon I met an old friend who used to live in LA with his wife and who's a director and we went out to dinner at the end of dinner I was like man I really wish I could have made a music video here and then Brandon looks at me and he's like let's do it and I was like yes so the next day which was the last day I was in Lisbon we get together just him and I and he comes to the Airbnb where I'm staying, which is, by the way, like more of a B&B experience. So I had, I got, I like asked my hosts who were actually French, um, if I could like film my music video there. And they said, yeah. And the place is insane. It looks like a Wes Anderson film. Oh, so, nice. so we did a music video for my song. It's called, it's a new life. So we made this music video. I come back to LA. I made three more music videos. I did one for Easy Target. I did another one, which was also like a serendipitous event. Like my friend did a photo shoot for me one day. And then she's like, why don't we just try and do a music video? And she just had her camera and did three takes. And it's for my song Beginnings. And, and, then, and then the last music video I did with my friend um, for Is There Something Wrong With Me? And Moxie's in that one. Amazing. I'll have to put the links into that. That's awesome. Yeah, I actually, I can send you the link for my video collection if you want to check yeah. it out. Yeah, definitely. But to me, it's a really beautiful thing that I've got to be a part of producing those myself because um, my ex-husband was a music video director. And so all through my 20s, I was like helping him edit and come up with concepts. And um, I used to do wardrobe for music videos. So explains why your outfits are so groovy and fabulous and everything it's like um, and um thanks yeah no i because like that is like that was another thing aesthetic like you know you had this like Joni mitchell you know uh just vibe whatever your outfits for and like how like it was just groovy i was like what thrift stock thrift stores were you going to because i like i love finding old vintage like you know bell bottoms or you know just like corduroy jackets you know or anything like that there's something about it well i think for me and i think for me that the trick is because i don't really like shopping i think it's when there's the moment when you need something Got it. uh like if you're in a thrift store just try to feel like yeah even like put your fingers down 
like a, uh, over certain things and, and like let your eyes sort of glaze over and sometimes something will poke out to you just pull it out and be like oh that's a thing i like it's that. like my it's like shopping my energy <laughs> yeah, we're here for it. we love this whole spiritual aspect of it so i'll definitely um we'll have to try that and there's a i think this is i don't know second to last or final question either one is uh for it's like this idea, which I just love how you just, you know, you do it, you know, you just talked about how you went to Lisbon and you're like, I'm going to do it and everything. And I think going, being an adventurous, it's so important and I think it's so good, but how as a musician and for other musicians who are listening to this or trying to figure it out, how do you make it work? How do you, cause financially, you know, it can be tough here and there. And it's like, what have you experienced or learned that you could pass knowledge on to someone who wants to just go see things and do their music in different locations, but have a hard time getting the money or trying to save up? Mm. Um, well, I definitely had a day job in the beginning, which I think, you know, can be important, is important. <laughs> um, but I, I figured out a way to only work two days a week. So the rest of that time I was recording and being creative and stuff. Um, I haven't had a day job in the last six years or so seven years maybe i don't know and i think part of that was because at some point after many many years of waiting i actually started having like some royalties coming in um so that that's been one income source but it's not like a ton it's not like i can like pay all my bills in one month you know what i mean um i know you do the classes i saw your website where you give like songwriting teaching I think that's what it was right oh you know I've done a lot of that and and it's like it's like one of those things where it's like I enjoy doing it when it happens and so I put it on my website as something thinking that people might be interested but I've only had like a handful of people that have you know reached out to do it um which is fine it's like it is what it is but um I don't know honestly I think I've just found a way to juggle like the live, like the live show income, it's definitely Airbnb being my apartment that has actually saved my ass because, um, yeah, someone else is paying my rent, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> someone else paying my rent. I mean, you know, like I was on tour anyway, so someone else is paying my rent. And then I stay in a lot of places, people, you know, friends or family are like, yeah, you can stay. Like I had a friend in Colorado who was like, I had two weeks between tours. He just let me stay on the bottom half of his house. Like it's a whole other, I had my own private place for two weeks. He didn't charge me. Um, like, and he put on a show for me and paid me, you know, it's just like stuff like that where you just have to like, I think when you, believe in yourself and what you're doing and the magic of it you can't let your brain hold you back so much yeah because if you're supposed to do something then the universe is going to provide for you yeah. and so you know the universe has always provided for me and like usually what happens for me is like something kind of magical or weird will happen and i'll make a bunch of money you know what i mean it's like I was in this random Chevy commercial a few years ago and I made like a shit ton of money. And I was like, what? And then when the pandemic happened, I was able to get um, 
unemployment because of that job. And, you know, like, there's other hacks where it's like, if you're an artist and you're not making a lot of money, sign up for the low income gas in electric, you know, like everyone offers low income programs, like look up all the low income stuff instead of paying for health insurance, get Medi-Cal. If you're not making enough money to pay insurance, sign up for free insurance. You know what I mean? Like there's all kinds of like government programs that you can like hack. Definitely. You know, and if you're an artist, you're doing like, you're doing the work of the soul. Like just because you're not being uh, thanked for it in like monetary gain, like some people are, but most of us aren't like, the universe will pay for you your life to work you know it's and that i i'm a living example of it because i'm just like fuck this i can't work in a corporate environment i'm not that kind of person i couldn't even do it if i tried like um i have to be like my own boss i have to be free I can't have somebody with a thumb over me. It's like, it's hard enough for me when I was trying to work in a restaurant, you know, it's like, um, but yeah, there definitely have been times in my life though, where I, I was like, shit, why didn't I go back to college when I was married and my ex-husband would have happily paid for me to get more schooling, you know, to like get some degree and like, or become a realtor when I was sitting on my ass and when I was 25, you know what I mean? It's like, don't take advantage of your youth when you have it. You know, it's like, if you have like an idea to do something else on the side that you're also interested in, like, don't say no to that because you have like a specific specific idea. And maybe this is me just talking to my younger self. Um, It's not to deter anyone from doing the art or the work that they should be doing. Um, but I, I just will say the reality of it though, is like, you know, I'm in my forties now and it's like the physical body is a shit, you know, it just starts like certain things start happening, you know, like um, after this last tour, my elbow started hurting and now I have to wear like a fucking, I have to ice my elbow every day because I have tennis elbow. Yeah. I was going to say tennis elbow. Yeah. Shit. And I'm like, I got tennis elbow and then this shoulder's got some weird thing happening. And it's like, it's hard to keep up the body as you're getting older. So definitely take advantage of your youth while you have it. And um, yeah, I don't know. It it can't hurt. I was reading this um, article in the New Yorker and I think it was like the guy was interviewing Todd Redgren. He was talking about how, you know, being in like being in the studio and stuff like that and how he's like still in his 70s he's still making records and he's never he's always had access to all the equipment so he's never like felt limited in a financial way because like he's making a bunch of money and it's like you know a producer or engineer or whatever and um and he, i was reading this sentence and he said like something like how he'd never never been limited in the way that um maybe other people who've kind of quit their artistic career because um because he always had like a day job or whatever you know and i and there's and it it just kind of hit me and i was like yeah it's true 
things do get a lot harder as you get, you know, as you do get older and if you don't hit a certain level in your career where you're just like, everything's happening, life is easy, everyone knows my name, oh, this person's calling me up and I'm going to be the voice of this character on this thing or whatever. It's like, and it's not to say I haven't had opportunities like that. It's just like, they're kind of random when they do happen, you know? Even actually recently, I had a really cool gig um, co-writing a song and then performing the vocal performance for it for this TV show called Quantum Leap. And <laughs> the episode just came out a few days ago and um, I got to write the song with my composer friend. Her name is Jamie Jackson. And we wrote the song and then I sang the vocal performance. And it's just like, man, I wish I could do at least one of those a month. That would be amazing. Because it's, I mean, it, they, the income's great. Definitely. Um, but that's just the thing. It's like, I think once you try to hold too tightly to having something specific, it's, um, you can't count on it happening necessarily. I don't know. There has to be some balance between having a target and never giving up and like being remaining open and, and accepting everything except accepting everything that happens and being grateful Definitely. um because like you know there's a different version of me that could be sitting here and and be like bitter because i didn't get the you know specific things that i was like oh by the time i'm this age this is going to be happening in my career <laughs> Um, it's all a balance, I guess. Yeah, I think basically it's a balance. And with this kind of like work industry, you just got to have different outlets, you know, like different plugs and stuff. So, yeah, like are you an engineer? But then like do you sync like to sing like for like beach or for commercials to use? And then like you said, like, you know, make stuff for other clients and then little ads, jingles. It's crazy how much money can rack up from an ad. Like, you know, you got different outlets and then do gigs and then even corporation gigs, you know, like who knew how much they pay? I didn't realize that. Um, so it's like, you just, you gotta be accepting and like what I've realized in this year for 2023 is just like, go with the process, trust the process and accept when something comes to you. Don't like, like, I don't know, just say, yes, I'm going to do it and just see what happens. Cause you don't know who you're going to meet from there. That's the most important part. I realize. That's true. That's definitely true. I like that. Yeah. You just gotta be open, open-minded. And sometimes it can be hard, but it's like the more you're open-minded and the more you just kind of go and accept what life brings you a lot of crazy shit, like you said, can happen. Like, and I mean, in a good way, like just a lot of, uh, amazing things where you're just like how did i get here one moment or last week you're here and now you're working with these people here it's like yeah wow it makes it's crazy it's surreal well, and life is like way more interesting when you're just open to all the possibilities i think yeah. i feel like way more adventurous and and like and it's sort of like let it being and it's similar to like the shopping by energy it's like like being led by energy into certain situ situations i think yeah, right definitely i think yeah i think yeah that's i think we got it all i think you talked about spirituality your music um traveling i guess what would you want the people who listen to this to know 
or for upcoming things or just like what should they be aware of what's going on in Jamie Drake's life? Um, well, I have a spring tour that's going to be starting in at the end of March. I'll be hitting I'll be hitting the East Coast and I'll be hitting a lot of the US actually. So <laughs> all over I'll be doing it all over again. So um, I'll be announcing that in a couple of weeks. So maybe by the time you put this out, like um, I'll have announced my um, tour dates. Sweet, yeah. And so um, if anyone wants to come out and see me play live, they, they well, there's a high probability you'll be able to see me um, March, April, May. I'll be touring. Um, and I also plan to put out some some music this year, some little, some fun nuggets that uh, might be an unexpected, unexpected. So that'll be fun. Yeah, great. So, um, I just want to say thank you so much, Jamie, for coming on to the Grantastic podcast. This is always fun. Um, got to know you, so, uh, get to know you more. Also, finally, great to have this, uh, have you on finally for a fun fact for everyone. I don't know if it's a fun fact, but like we were trying to schedule it, so many things, but we're finally here, which was great. And learn yeah, and doesn't it feel, it feels nice to, to do it in the, like it's like at the top of your new year. Yes, right? well, I think that was the best part, just because there was yeah. so much with like, with like the cameras and then like, you know, random shit happened in my life with like family issues and all this stuff. And it was just like, you yeah. know, it's perfect that this is my first podcast uh, for 2023, you know, which is awesome. Yeah. Start the way. And, you know, it's awesome just to have a spirituality, you know, concept into it all, because it definitely has like you inspired me a lot today to like to do things and to like really just like work on and manifesting it like I have a, a whiteboard where I like if I put it on the board if I see it every day it's like it's in my head so gonna put some stuff to get me inspired and to flourish as we say oh that's so sweet thank you yeah. I'm so glad that you contacted me it's, it's been such a nice conversation to have with you yeah um, yeah the last podcast that I did uh, felt a little bit awkward for some reason, so I'm, yeah. I'm really glad to. No, well, have, this was, this, this just felt really this was like really, a cool conversation. Well, this was really great, and it was just really great. Um, just like it was just easy going, you know what I mean? Like I said, it was just like and I think just having like like some similarities and understanding it's just like it helps a lot. And um, I don't know, it was just I felt like just talking to another close friend of mine, basically. Like these are the yeah. conversations I usually have with people. They come over, we smoke some weed, or maybe we microdose or whatever the fuck it is. And we just have Hopefully. a good time, uh, look at the lava lamp back there for hours, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, just like, and then make music or, you know, poetry or whatever, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, thank you again for coming on. And definitely I think people are gonna appreciate it. And for all you out there, thank you for listening. Uh, stay hydrated, drink water, be safe, um, and listen to some groovy tunes. Yeah. Well, should I play New Girl to end yeah, things? Yeah. Yeah. If if you if you I would we would love that. So if you <laughs> are, or just want acapella or whatever, we're here for it. All right. Let's see. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm.
dog's looking at me like, uh, I need to go out of this room now, please. Heard this song too many times. Is it is this G that you're trying to get that? Oh yeah, I have to sneeze. That was so loud. <laughs> you should definitely cut that out. <laughs>
amazing got like a vip song of it hearing that's amazing super great um oh, we're gonna love that um it sounded great um you did also did get a recording of that on your logic right mm -hmm. okay great great because i know zoom does like a uh cancellation whatever whatever there's like a compression so we'll definitely use that take for sure um Good. but uh yeah that was super amazing um again timeless timeless i could just see some of the like i don't know uh carol king singing like a cover of that song on her piano whatever with a cat near her or like or or you know or joni of course you know just like that's like a that's a timeless song which i think is so great um Thanks, yeah jamie actually fun fact i'll just throw it in i actually i played that song at high street like i you know i went into the studio whatever and i got there early and i was like you know what i'm just gonna play some music while i'm setting up mics for the session beforehand played that when the and like you know it was like at the middle part where like it had the solo part kind of and like a few of the engineers popped their heads in and they're like they're like who the fuck is this and i was like this is jamie drake and they're like where is she i want to like no no i'm just playing the music and they're like okay if she comes through you let me us know and i was like Aww. so yeah definitely you're always welcome at high street they're all um definitely have their ra radars now of your music Aww. That is so cool. Thank you so much. That's sweet. Because it's timeless. They like, you know what I mean? If you hear a song where you just kind of like, you just feel the groove and it feels right. Like there's no questions. There's no whatever. They're just like, I dig it. If this is right, it's natural. It's supposed to happen. And that's how we do it. So yeah, yeah. which is great. Well, everyone on Grantastic, thank you for watching. We appreciate you, we love you, and we hope you have a good day. Yeah, thank you.